Welcome to the Well Fuel Podcast, your spot for everything gut health, detox, hormones, a healthy home, mold, and everything in between. I'm your host, Isabel Smith. I'm an integrative and functional registered dietitian and the founder of Isabel Smith Nutrition. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Well Fuel Podcast. I'm so excited to have one of my oldest, most important friends and mentors, Stacey Kennedy, here today. Stacey is a lot of the reason I am who I am, what I know, what I do, and I'm just eternally grateful. So it's most fun for me to have Stacey on the podcast. We're going to be talking about cancer nutrition, and frankly, there's like a bunch of other things that could come up, but, but we're going to at least touch on nutrition for cancer prevention, and we'll just see how the conversation flows. But for those of you guys wanting to know, Know what you're going to hear. That's some of it. So Stacy's a nutrition and fitness expert, educator and keynote speaker with 20 plus years of experience helping individuals, companies, and professionals with the latest discoveries in nutrition science. Her career highlights include collaborating with the industry's top nutrition and technology talent, pioneer programs, platforms, and products from the ground up that re-engineer healthy eating experiences and transform how people approach their health. She has served on scientific advisory boards and held executive VP and chief level positions in startup companies. Stacy holds a BS degree in nutrition and dietetics from Indiana University and a master's degree in public health from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. She's a board certified specialist in oncology nutrition and American College of Sports Medicine certified fitness specialist, adjunct faculty in the Graduate School of Nutrition at Simmons. Woo-hoo, that's where I went. Teaching entrepreneurship, professor of clinical nutrition in the Graduate School of Southwest Naturopathic College. My God, Stacy, And worked for 19 years as a senior clinical nutrition at Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, a Harvard Medical School teaching affiliate hospital in Boston, and co-founded her private practice, Cancer Nutrition and Wellness. A recognized thought leader and media personality, Stacy speaks all over the world on the top of nutrition science, oncology, gut health, behavioral change, and entrepreneurship. I adore Stacy, and Stacy, I'm just so happy to have you. Thank you so much, Isabel. It's so great to be here. It's so good to see you. I love getting to just catch up, but you know, professionally, when we get to collaborate, it's so just fun. also so much fun. So thank so you fun. for inviting me here today. No, and and you know what? It's always like a very grateful moment for me to spend time with you because people ask me all the time how I know what I know and how I think the way I think. And oh God, I hope I don't cry. cry on the podcast. But it's because of you, because you know, people are like, where did Thank you get you. your training? And I'm like, honestly, the person who taught me the most, this is just how she thinks. And so this is how I think. Right. And you know, it, it's like, we weren't calling it functional medicine at that point in time. It just was the way that we thought about nutrition and the body and nutrients and like, how the body works with the food that we eat and the environment and all of that. And I think it's so central to the cancer universe, but like also so central just to like everything, just general wellness, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, and it's, it's so great these days that, you know, I love getting to reach out to you and ask you questions and ask you for (laughs) advice and bounce things off of you. And and yeah, I, I think that it's so fascinating to see. Well, first of all, I'm so proud of you and how far that your business has come and your practice and how many people you're impacting and influencing these days between your own practice, the dietitians you hire and the health coaches and social media. It's just, I send people to your you know, Instagram account all the time, because especially within the oncology world or just nutrition, there's so much misinformation or bad information out there that like, I'm just always so tickled to say, oh, this is where you should go. And this is who you should follow and listen to. But yeah, I think like when we think back to those, you know, many, many years ago, when, you know, 
we were working together. It was, you know, the kind of amount of information and the ease of information in social media and online was there, but not like it is now. I, I think it's actually more challenging for people to sift through and understand what to pay attention to and what to ignore. It's not necessarily yeah. getting better, actually, oh. particularly in the oncology space. It's worse. And, you know, I think one of the things, and we'll just like jump right in because this came to mind, but like I hear, as all of you guys know and listening, my dad is dealing with pancreatic cancer and it's always different to be A, a provider, but like be a family member of somebody going through it or, or, or like you're going through it yourself, right? And I think we hear and see different things when we're in that kind of space than we do just as the provider, which is like a huge, a huge benefit. I think it only adds to our knowledge and our ability to relate to people. But what I definitely saw and even felt when he was first diagnosed was like a keen interest even in myself to like have him be on a ketogenic diet, right? And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Everybody is just adopting ketogenic diets for cancer. And sometimes it's right. And sometimes it's not right. I mean, Stacey, you know better than I do, but I don't think that's the best option for everybody in a cancer realm. Do you? No. And it can be detrimental or harmful or have risks or side effects. And, and I think this is the challenge. And this is what I'll speak to a lot of my clients about is, you know, when you see somebody's like story or somebody's published a book or they have a website around their own personal cancer journey and sort of the successes and challenges they've had and how they've used nutrition or lifestyle, you know, to, to better themselves and help them through the process. I think number one, it's very inspirational. And so that's like a positive, but then where yeah. the challenge lies is, you know, you never have all the details, right? There's just, it's just impossible to know all the details. And then also like which components are applicable to, you know, to you as an individual, right? So if this inspirational person you're following, let's say did a ketogenic diet and it was wildly successful for them, you know, is the diagnosis they're facing the same as yours? Are the characteristics about them, you know, very similar to you or not? And I think then that's kind of where like, okay, no, this was a man's journey and you're a woman. Okay, well, they had colorectal cancer and you have lung cancer or breast cancer or, you know, a different diagnosis. And so with oncology, nutrition, and many other things, you know, with gut health, obviously, too, things are just so highly individualized yeah. that it's great to kind of glean those concepts, but then you've got to run it by an expert to figure out how to apply the pieces to you and which pieces don't apply. So like with keto in particular, if somebody has like a primary aggressive brain tumor, and then we could even break it down into like which kinds of brain tumors, then yes, there is data and it is actually advised and probably very beneficial. But beyond that, it's not recommended and it's not necessarily helpful. And more often than not, also people, I mean, like to really be doing a ketogenic diet, it's really hard. So like it's some people really may be doing like keto-ish, but you know, it's, it's a whole new situation. And like, so hard. like for your dad, that would have been a rough one to follow. Oh my God. Oh my God. You and I, you and I have not really like had a chance to fully catch up about, about him. But what I will say on record here is that he is not exactly doing anything that you or I would really want him to do, except he did cut back on sugar. But I will tell you, he tolerates the chemo without any side effects and his tumor is shrinking and his liver is happy as a freaking clam. So what I can tell you is that, right, this is a prime example of the fact that one does not need to be necessarily being, you know, it doesn't, 
doesn't always work that when somebody does all the perfect things that it ends up with the outcome you expect. I will never forget you and I, I was working with you at Dana-Farber and there was a woman who came in and she had such aggressive breast cancer. It was eating through her, her breast tissue. And it was like, like she had to wear like a cup over her breast so that it, her, her clothes wouldn't get stuck in the, it's like a wound. And this woman had literally like grown all of her own food. She had like roasted all of her, she had done everything for her whole life. Right. Right. And it just goes to show that it's not always about doing all the right things. There's a lot of things that come into play when it comes to all of this. And then sometimes it's just about genetics and it's about how our bodies respond to not only our environments and, you know, just the situation at hand. So I think really the memo that we're saying here is like, be careful what you listen to and make sure that you're really like reaching out to experts when you're consider making, considering making these kinds of changes because they can be good, but they can be really bad. Exactly. And, you know, keeping your doctor in the loop, even if they're giving you, you know, messages like, you know, eat whatever you want or don't eat any sugar or whatever, you still, whether they're knowledgeable or on board, you want everything documented. So if you're, you know, now I'm following a plant forward Mediterranean diet, or now I'm taking, or I want to take X, Y, and Z supplements. Like you still want everything documented and you want to let your team know, but you know, you do want to, excuse me, connect with a nutrition expert in oncology to run those things by too, because the research is coming out all the time. And there's so many amazing new advances in cancer treatment and cancer drugs and cancer therapies that like, for us as the practitioners, like we're keeping up to date with all these new changes too. But I mean, think of like immunotherapy, so Mm -hmm. many kinds of immunotherapy that are just incredible. But for example, it's advised to avoid taking probiotic supplements Mm -hmm. during Mm -hmm. immunotherapy, but you could take a prebiotic, you Mm -hmm. should totally eat probiotic foods, but Mm -hmm. that's relatively newer. And Mm -hmm. so it's just, you just, it's, great to explore anything you're hearing or reading. It's all valid to be considered, but it's more about being transparent and having those conversations and not being afraid to share everything with your team or to seek out that expert to help guide you. Totally. I hear from, and that's very helpful. I love any other new nuggets that come to your mind, please feel free to share. I find that a lot of people are like, but my doctor doesn't think nutrition is important or my doctor doesn't know about that. So I'm going to do it on my own because I went to see a naturopath who wants me to do X, Y, and Z, but I'm not going to tell my doctor because they don't support it. That's a dangerous place to be sitting, right? Because we don't know, not that the naturopath doesn't know what they're talking about, but they're not necessarily, unless they're like super well-known for their like cancer background and they're really well-researched, we want to be thoughtful, right, about making sure everybody's on the same page. Well, exactly. It's just that that transparency and that we're all on the same team and that team is the cancer patient, right? right. So if, you know, if the person with cancer is named, you know, Jennifer, then we're all yep. team Jennifer, whether we work in the clinic, whether we're like outside, you know, consultants or whoever, but it's really important to have just that transparency of information. I think that that's paramount and, and data. Right. So like if you're working with somebody and they recommend you do a stool test, that's awesome. Right. Like that's data that you can then bring back to your team. So keeping everybody in the loop and informed is, I think, a key responsibility of the the patient. But then I think the whole team needs to operate as a team. 
that's something I personally, I know it can be hard. I like getting everybody on the same page and doing that. And like, you know, but, but yeah, it can seem overwhelming. Some people want to collab more than others. I feel like I've definitely had conversations today actually about doctors who don't want to collab and providers. And, you know, I think it's important that we all talk because we're all in the interest of the patient. If you could think of some like key things or practices that are anti-cancer that people really can like do in a very sustainable way, like what comes to mind? Okay. So absolutely. First and foremost is eating fruits and vegetables, Mm -hmm. any kind of fruit and vegetable. So they could be raw, they could be cooked, they could be roasted, grilled, frozen, fresh, but all fruits and vegetables have nutrients that help support our own immune system. And then the stronger your immune system is, the more it can kind of help do that cleanup, help support you know, recovery during treatment, help support your immune system in attacking the cancer or aid in the cleanup and like prevention, risk reduction, and all fruits and vegetables are healthy. So, okay, if somebody, if you see or somebody says words like carrots have too much sugar, that's your cue to swipe, mute, unfollow, <laughs> smile and say, thank you for your information. And then like bring that to me or to Isabel. Yes. Bananas are bad. Carrots are too much sugar. Beets. Yeah. Oh, too much. No, we want all of that. We want all of that. And so basically like what makes, what gives a fruit or vegetable its color is a different kind of nutrient that is helpful for our immune system. And so they're all good for different reasons. So yeah, but yeah, like the bananas, it's fascinating. Cause like, right on one hand, you'll hear people say, oh, bananas have too much sugar. And then there was just a great article. I think it was in the Washington Post about the benefits of the resistant starch and how that benefits our microbiome that are found in foods like banana. And we know our microbiome. So like your own personal city of bacteria has a very potent effect on our immune system. And so having and it's not just fruits and vegetables really it's all plant food so then this goes into the whole carb family that people try to avoid but like sweet potato potato not like french fries so much you know occasionally obviously great but like you know roasted potato baked potato all the sweet potatoes but even whole grains so you know brown rice quinoa farro oats these are all beneficial legumes like lentils and peas and nuts and seeds all of these foods are going to be helpful. So essentially a plant forward Mediterranean style diet is what is advised for cancer prevention and survivorship. And then having enough protein is key. So if you are not vegan, then including things like eggs and fish and chicken as part of your plant forward eating plan is going to be really helpful. So making sure you have, you know, more of a checkbox, like, is there a representative from the protein family in this meal or snack? Yes or no. Is there a representative from the fruit and vegetable family? Yes or no. And in a day, ideally, we're getting two fruits, like, mm. you know, and you don't have to get hung up on serving. It doesn't matter. Just however much you want, you know, two fruits yeah. and a five or more vegetables. That's the mm. recommended amount, right? Mm. And we know the average American is eating like, you know, two. maybe one fruit yeah. in total and like, zero to one vegetable <laughs> a day. So that would be my first thing. That's like like level one kind of like real important focus is just any fruits and veggies that you like, including those more frequently. Does organic really matter or are we more interested in fruits and vegetables? Okay. So when it comes to produce, mm-hmm. it 
does not matter on a scientific level, on a personal choice level and what you're comfortable with. Because as we know, stress is not good for the immune system. So if right. you have the resources, the access, and you feel better buying organic produce, of course, that's great. If you have a garden and grow anything, great. If you go to a farmer's market or your neighbor has a garden, that's always going to be preferred, like that local. But for produce specifically, it's eating more fruits and vegetables outweighs organic or not. They have not found in terms of cancer a significant benefit. Now with like dairy and meat and things like that, you, you do probably, when you can, want to yeah. opt for organic or grass-fed or free-range when you can. Again, it's not causative. There's no sort of, you know, causative relationship in that sense. But if you're going to put your resource or your finances towards something organic in terms of cancer prevention or survivorship, look more for like in the milk and kind of meat category rather than in the produce category. Yeah, I just want everybody to hear that, right? We harp on organic a lot, but what Stacey just said, which is accurate and I know to be true as well, is that the research does not really say that it has to be organic at all. It's more just about including it, right? Like mm -hmm. that's where the, that's where the science is, is simply including it. So everybody who's like, but I can't afford organic or like, you know, for all those like influencers, right? Who are like organic or nothing. Yes. It's lovely when you can eat organic and we try, we all try, but like you are going to get anti-cancer benefits from just simply eating the freaking green vegetables whether they're organic or not. Right, well, and we know the regulation of it just isn't up to par yet, right? So like if you look at like Europe or other countries, they're just different regulations and, and guidelines all around. So the food supply is very different than it is here. I don't want to say like very, very different. I don't want to freak people it's out. Different. But like it is different. <laughs> it is different, you know? And so like here, I mean, Isabel, you're probably too young to remember this, but there used to be in restaurants something called the non-smoking section but oh, yeah. there would be a smoking section in a restaurant. So it's not like the smoke didn't travel across the room into the non-smoking. So like a lot of these farms are near industrial places or near highways. And so it, in reality, how protected is organic produce? It's going to go moldy sooner. Um, and so that mold ingestion's not good. Um, yeah. That's definitely changed. That. Oh, the oh mold? Me as the mold queen. I didn't even yeah, think about the fact that organic produce was getting moldier sooner. That's terrible. No, it's true. No, it's true. And I think it's important that you guys are hearing this like from the expert because I think we get hung up. We get really hung up and people get really nervous. Just eat the vegetables. That is going to nourish your cells and your microbiome better. And yes, there's some pesticide in our United States, you know, farming issues, right? For sure. There's a lot of it. And it can cause a lot of problems, but we do know that the bugs will thrive in your body from eating the fiber in a way that's probably more beneficial than you not eating them. So like there, by again, keto diet, right, which avoids carbohydrates does not allow for enough fruits and vegetables. Right. And then the other things are, yeah, so the omission of the plant foods, which are supportive. Also, keto diets can be constipating. A lot of cancer treatment and meds can be constipating. I'm sure you've heard many times that constipation, you know, is going to lead to uh, like a worse microbiome and more issues there. 
right? And so that's not helpful for your immune system. And then it's a lot of stress on the kidneys. And so some people may not realize they have underlying kidney risk or just treatments that are, you know, affecting your kidneys. So it's, there's really not a benefit. I mean, obviously, if you want to eat less like dessert and have more real kind of nourishing food, that's great. But I think as like a broader challenge, this concept that there is such a thing as a perfect diet is already false to begin with and, and, and more harmful than beneficial. And like we said, stress increases cortisol, stress increases your blood sugar. So just freaking out and like totally understandably, but just like freaking out internally or externally about trying to achieve this perfect diet is uh, for sure going to be worse for your body than just eating a kitty size ice cream at the summer beach shack with your kids. And you don't want to ignore the social benefits of, of food. So having a glass of wine on a summer barbecue, you know, having an ice cream with your kids at the beach, skipping those things, if you want them, if you don't want them, if you're allergic to them, you know, there's obviously choices, but if you want to do that Mm -hmm. and you're convincing yourself out of it, because there's somebody telling you that it's bad for you or that Mm -hmm. you're now not perfect, you're really missing out in that social connection and those benefits of participating in the cultural part with others is so nourishing that it's big picture thinking. There's not like one instance or one thing that's going to knock you off track. That's so important because it is nourishing, right? Nourishment comes from food, but it also comes from connections and environment and all these other important elements, right? And I think, right, that's, you know, you missing out on the ice cream because you think it's, you know, X, Y, or Z, it may actually be more damaging for you, you know, if it's important to you and if it's something that feels important. There are certainly ways to work around whatever you feel is important. And I do think I say to clients all the time, figure out what's important to you. And then we figure out how to include those things. And we'll skip the things that aren't like, I don't care about potato chips. I really don't care about potato chips. So like, I'll never include those as part of my must haves dessert must have. So I'll work my way around having my dessert and I will skip the potato chips. You know, you figure out what matters but I think that's what's like very most important. They were like the perfect pair because <laughs> I could go without dessert, really. Like it's just sweets are not my thing. But potatoes, a hundred percent are. So I will, I will opt for the potato chip any day, <laughs> and happily skip the dessert. But I want my potato chips sometimes, so I'm going to eat them. But, but yeah. so, this, so you and I will have a longer podcast. I'm going to just like okay, some awesome. really key tips. And what we'll do is we'll dive in and do like some more like specific, like yeah. for specific types of cancer and all that. So you and I will schedule that. But, you know, okay. I, I hope you guys like really heard the memo here, which is like eat more fruits and vegetables, like really like think about what's important. Like don't jump to conclusions because, you know, Susie Influencer says that it's important. You really want to get the good, good advice from, from people who know what they're talking about. Yeah. Right. Um, Stacy, where can people find you? How can uh, so you can find me on my website. If you Google cancer, nutrition, and wellness.com, you can find me there. I think if you put Stacy Kennedy nutrition into Google, stuff will pop up too. But um, on my website, you can reach out to me. You can set up a free 15 minute discovery chat. You can, I, my email is on there. So 
you can find me on Instagram, Stacy Kennedy RD. So feel free to reach out with questions. And thank you, Isabel, for inviting oh, me here today. And I look forward to a deep dive. Can't wait. I just can't wait to even, I just, more, more nuggets will come. So thanks guys for listening and we'll have Stacy on again soon. I promise. As always, thanks so much for listening to the Wellfield podcast. We're so happy to have you. To make sure you don't miss a beat, please subscribe either on Apple or Spotify because we have episodes dropping once or more a week with tons of great content. If you want to make sure that you're up to date on everything we're doing in the business with our clients and new offers and all the things, make sure that you check us out at Isabel Smith Nutrition on Instagram and IsabelSmithNutrition.com. See you guys soon.